Okay, well, welcome back to another re-education experience podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Darren Langill, as always. And today, again, I have another guest. Uh, this way, you don't have to just listen to me and my banter. I'm going inside the walls at Redline Real Estate Group again with one of our awesome agents. His name is Taylor King. And he's been on an incredible journey for the last couple of years, newer-ish to the business. Um, but why we're bringing him on today is because he's made an incredible change uh, and catapulted some, some opportunities into massive success. But we're not going to just talk about that. We're going to talk about a few things. So Taylor King, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you on. I know you're one of those voices in around Redline that people really respect. I know you're probably half the time you're so humble and you're wondering why are they listening to me? But to be honest, you have been in sales for a while. The way you come across um, is very genuine, very humble, uh, and you're not scared to execute. So it's not, it's not uh, I totally get why our agents just lean in and, and you were our red life award winner, which you were like, what, um, which was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which was speaking about collaboration and giving back and sharing, uh, which makes our ecosystem pretty cool. But yeah, man, welcome on. Can you give me, I mean, give me your two, you know, two minute journey into this business. I'd love to get. Bio. Your yeah. So <clears throat> I was in the retail car business for 17 years. That's what I wanted to do. As soon as I got out of high school, I went to college just for that. I took an automotive marketing diploma um, and uh, I just loved cars and I wanted to be in the car business. Um, so 17 years of that, I worked my way up in that business, starting on the sales floor and, uh, and then spending most of my career as a sales manager. So I, um, I recruited and trained and managed teams of car salesmen. Um, and, you know, circumstances changed and I, I kind of hit a ceiling in that business. Um, there's a certain point in that business where if you don't own the place, you're not going to make any more money. And um, I was hungry for more. And I had a, a, a friend, a colleague who worked for me as one of my salespeople at one of the stores that I managed. He got into real estate. And he was doing really well. And he was bugging me every week. Taylor, 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 you got to get into real estate. You're going to love this business. Um, and uh, I was, you know, these conversations went on for the better part of two years. And I was, I was scared to, to leave because I was getting a steady paycheck. I was making a good living. And, um, but finally circumstances changed and I just, I couldn't be in the car business anymore. And um, I just decided to go for it. And I got my license and I joined Redline, I guess in the fall of 2018. So I'm, I'm um, in my third year now. Yeah, you'll be just your calendar third year will be complete here shortly. So. Yep, yep, coming up on, I don't know, July or, or August or something like that. So uh, the first two years were were a real grind, which, you know, I was expecting. And, um, um, I had to sort of learn to play the long game and focus on the relationship part of selling because, you know, in the, in the showroom at a car dealership, it's, it's, uh, it's very transactional. And you still want to try to build rapport with your clients, but you kind of have one shot. And if they leave um, without buying something, odds are you'll, you'll probably never see them again. So I had this, this killer instinct to close deals, but that, it, that doesn't quite translate to real estate where some of these deals take a year to close. And, 
and the relationships are, are more valuable than the deals because they um, they can be leveraged into referrals and, and repeat business and, and growth. So um, I had to adjust to that. I had to build from scratch. So you know the first couple first couple deals were friends, you know, and people that had to take a chance on me, knowing that I had no experience, but but they knew that I was a good salesman, and um, so they believed in my ability to get the job done. And I had a good um, support system at Redline um, to help me handle all the all the details. Lots of calls to to yourself and to Brett, uh, walking me through stuff. Um, I did my first deal right away. I had kind of a friend waiting for me to get my license and listed her place and, and represented her to buy her next place. And that was in, um, I guess, November of 2018. I didn't sell another house until May of uh, 2019. So that was a, it was a really lean year. I didn't make any money. And, um, you know, I was driving Uber on the side and fixing up and selling used cars and, and anything to kind of scrape by. But um, I really enjoyed what I was doing and I enjoyed being my own boss and, and uh, being in charge of my own schedule and, and um, never having two days that are the same and not being, not being tied to, a, to an office or whatever. So I never uh, lost sight um, or, or lost any belief in myself that I, could, that I could get it done. And then, you know, into my third year now, things have, have started to come together and, and the timing has been really good because those first couple of years, I, I had to fight really hard through, through a tough market in Calgary and, and Airdrie. And now, you know, um, that I know a, bit, a little bit about what I'm doing, uh, now the business is coming, you know, fast and strong. So, uh, you know, now, I mean, if I were, to, if I had joined now, um, it would be a really, really steep learning curve trying to figure out what I'm doing while, while all this business is coming at me. But, you know, I've got, I've got some experience under my belt and, and, and the, the confidence to, um, um, well, that's a great point, actually, that you make because uh, so many agents that came into the business in these last five years, we we kept saying, well, this is a good market to learn in. This is a good market to learn in. And you never want to hear that when you're like, this is not a great market, guys. I'm struggling. I need paychecks, right? You said Uber on the side. And, and mm -hmm. you're no different than a lot of agents when they get going because you're just, it takes a bit to get that momentum. How did you shift from the sales room floor the quick transaction mindset right over to this long game. How, like what triggered that and how, how did you transition? Cause that, that's a completely different beast, right? And then of course one that's needed in our business. Well, I had like a plan to launch. So I knew that I wanted to have a, a good social media presence and create good content. Um, and I wanted to make a splash and I wanted to make sure that everybody I knew knew that I was in real estate. Because I think you told me when I started, um, you know, I had sort of like a business planning session and um, pretty sure it was you that told me this, that, that everybody in your circle knows seven uh, real estate agents. And so what I wanted to do was position myself so that I didn't want to ram my marketing down people's throat, especially my, my immediate friends and family and my, and my sphere. Um, I didn't want to fatigue them, you know, that feel like I'm, I'm trying to sell them something, but I wanted my name uh, at top of mind for them because at some point everybody's gonna need um, to buy or sell a home. And I just wanted to um, set up my, you know, sort of branding, my own personal brand um, to just have a presence and, and to be the person that, that, that those people think of when the time comes, because I can't, you know, uh, it's, it's not like, um, 
selling a car where I could I could create immediate immediate urgency. Oh, this is my last red one, or um, you know the zero percent financing it, it ends uh, this weekend, or or whatever. Um, but uh, you know, I can't control their buying cycle. I can just be the guy that they need and and give them what they need when when their time comes. And that just takes time. So it's it's not something I could rush. And there was sort of a few eureka moments along the way. Um, you know, stuff, some seeds that I planted at the beginning that that started started to um, you know blossom and flower a year later, and something kind of clicked, and it was like, okay, well, this is how it's always going to be. This a lot of my deals are going to be this way. And sometimes you know I'll fall into one, and I'll get a call. Um, hey, I need to sell my house. Uh, it's ready to go, or you know, I need to I need to buy a house. I've got the down payment. You know, can you find me something before the end of the month? And those happen, right? Um, and they're like a little gift, but but most of the business it comes from this long term um, re relationship where um, you know I just need to keep uh, keep that presence there and, and keep giving people something they can use and 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 just be that that guy that that they can trust and they know that I'm the, the right one to help them out when the time does come. Yeah, well, those seeds you planted like the year before and having the wherewithal to do that to put that presence out there, knowing there's really nothing coming in return. I always say this to agents is you can't, you can't force somebody to buy that home, right? Mm -hmm. It's, you know, you can't, that just doesn't happen. And I know I even have seller clients that say, well, can't you push a little harder? It's like, well, you can, mm -hmm. but nobody's signing over four or five, $600,000 checks on impulse yeah. like they would at a stereo store or at a car dealership. It just doesn't exist. So the high pressure, that comes from even used used equipment. You know, we're in the oil and gas sector. There's lots yeah. of that. You can't do that in our. There's business. no hard close. And you know, another thing that I did was um, in my first my first year didn't have a lot to do, so I, I sat a lot of open houses. And for a while, I made a point of meeting with a top producing realtor, um, buy someone coffee once a week. And um, one thing that I discovered that was a real eye opener for me is that. Uh, you know, I met with all these different high, uh, high earning, high performing realtors, and none of them did it the same way. And so it was, um, it was cool to find out that like, there's not one correct way to do this. There's, there's a, there's a way that works for you. And there's a way that, that you want to do it. And, you know, I did meet with, with one realtor that, that is that sort of hard close, like tell them whatever you got to tell them to get them to sign and just get it, get the deal done. Right. Um, and that person has been in the business a long time and, is a really high performing uh, uh, team leader agent, but um, you know, however many years into their career is still relying on cold leads um, because the, you know, the referral business didn't come in. And then I, I met with another agent. Um, can I drop names in here? <laughs> I met with sure Steve Bronson. Yeah. I met with Steve Bronson and um, I really liked what he had to say. And he said, you know, just focus on your sphere, focus on your sphere. Like, um, that's, that's where, especially in your first few years where your deals are going to come from. And then I met with another agent um, who I have a lot of respect for. She was uh, teaching the, the course to, to join the, uh, the Calgary board and her name's Natalie Bertium. And she was a, at the time a 50 to 60 um, deal per year uh, solo agent. She has a, a, a killer team now, but um, she told me her strategy and it took her a long time to, to get to this. She's been in the business a long time, but she said, you know, I want to turn every deal I do into five deals. So I want that client to have such a good experience that um, 
you know, they refer their mom and their brother and their friend. And then five years from now, they call me again when it's time to sell that house. And so that really resonated with me. And I just decided at that point, that's the kind of agent I want to be, even if it's going to take longer. And so this, this kind of slow burn and even, you know, working with clients where um, I'm going to give them advice that potentially is, is taking money out of my wallet that's in their best interest because then they, you know, then they know they can trust me. Um, for example, I had a, one of the first deals I did in my, in one of the, I think probably it was like my fourth deal. I sat in an open house for Carlin from Redline and they had this really cool um, uh, townhouse in uh, um, Bankview. And I sat in this open house and this young couple came in there and they loved it and they didn't have an agent and they asked me if I could represent them. So we did the deal. And um, so they've been in there two years now and they called me uh, last week and they said, well, circumstances have changed. We're having a baby. We're going to sell this place. What should we do? I said, well, I'll come meet with you. I'll take a look. And they were thinking of sinking a bunch of money into this place and, and spending 25 grand uh, overhauling the kitchen and all this stuff. Um, and I had to take a, a look at all the factors and, and um, at, at their situation. And they said, like, what should we do? Should we list it now? And, and I told them what I honestly believe and that, no, you shouldn't spend all that money on it. Um, under the circumstances, I don't think you're going to get it back. You know, put some lipstick on it, some paint and stuff. And I don't think you should list now under your circumstances. Probably next spring would be better. So that that's that's a listing that I could have on the market right now if I had that car salesman mentality of like, you know, hard clothes, go for the kill. So I, I had to, um, like all those all those skills I learned in, in that business served me well. Um, but um, yeah, learning to play this long game has, has been really valuable. Um, and another That's, thing, um, is, go ahead. I was going to say, so first deal somewhere in around August, uh, September, is that fair to say, or was it a little bit later? A little bit later. Like, I, I guess I would say October, 2018. October. And then you moved it all the way till May before you, and I remember that gap, right? I remember that gap in your business that you were getting a little frustrated. You were still leaning in, you were learning, absorbing, meeting folks. Um, so then from May onward, how did that go? Like, for, so once that next wave came in, did it start to compound or did it still start to, was it still quite slow as you got moving? It started to really gradually pick up. So, you know, my next deal was a friend that wanted to buy a house um, and they wanted to be in the West End and I found them a really cool house um, in Coach Hill and close friends, right? Um, I just did a deal that's a referral from them that's uh, their um, brother and sister-in-law and well, two deals, they bought a house and they're going to list theirs and they'll give me referrals too. It started to slowly roll in. So there was that, the next one. And then I think maybe I did three or four that summer, the whole year I only did um, five or six deals, something like so that. So that first calendar year, do you think, did, did you, you know, where's that 60, 70,000 range? Is that about, about right? Does that seem right? Yeah, if more like fifty, yeah. more like so, fifty, yeah. And, and then and year was, two, how did that? How did year two go from there? Way bigger. Remember? So um, <laughs> that's coming into. Um, so if, if we, if you know, if we don't count the the last little quarter of twenty eighteen and call twenty nineteen my first full year, right? Uh, two thousand twenty um, really started to to change. Uh, I ended up doing ended up doing twenty two ends in. 2020. 
That's your second um, full year in business, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now into my third year, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> um, I'm pretty close to, to 18 already without, without half, you know, only halfway through the year. So, um, for sure. I hope that encourages, you know, people getting into the business and you know what, like it was tough. I have a wife and two kids and, and, and a mortgage and bills and everything and how to make some real sacrifices, right? Like, um, I had RSPs. I emptied all those out. Um, I had motorcycles, got rid of all those. Um, like I had, to, I had to make a real adjustment, but I never, I never doubted that, that this was a, this was a good move and that it would, it would cut the business would come. So it was, it was really rewarding, especially rewarding to, um, you know, to make that those big leaps and, and big progress over, uh, you know, year two and year three. Yeah. And then, then this, um, opportunity came up and this opportunity came from a seed you planted earlier and yeah. just without being scared to kind of open your mouth. And like, I always speak at the brokerage meetings about just don't be a secret agent, mm -hmm. you know, make yourself, get yourself into real estate conversations. That's our job or else what's the point? The phone will never ring if you can't get yourself into them. I mean, walk us through, we'll, we'll unpack this and see where it's taken you. Um, but you've gone, um, you met somebody, I believe it was back at a car, a car dealership, wasn't it? Yeah. So I love telling the story. I've told the story lots of times, but <laughs> I, I never get, I never, it never gets old and it's not over yet. The story keeps adding more chapters. So I caught a lucky break and I'm not afraid to say that I had, I had some good fortune. Um, but, you know, I, I knew what I had and I knew that I had to leverage it and get some mileage out of it. So here's what happened. Um, I have this old truck. It's it's kind of it's kind of part of my brand. I have this thirty year old truck that I restored. It's an old Toyota, and um, it's awesome. This was yes, I love the truck. It's really cool. I'll show you some pictures of it. Anyways, um, I guess this would have been twenty nineteen, um, like October, and this truck had been like a project of mine. You know, I I, I rebuilt it. I stripped it down to the frame and. Um, because I was broke, this it became my daily driver because my wife was working too and she needed our main car to get the kids from school and get groceries and stuff. And, and I was, you know, running around all the time. So this thing became my daily driver, my, my antique truck, right? right? And so I was always buying parts for it. I was always going into the dealership. And uh, one of the dealerships I used to work at, I was a manager there. Um, I was popping in there every week and buying another bag full of plastic clips and, and, um, and little parts and stuff to fix it up. And, uh, this one day I got chatting with, with the parts counter guy and he was into old Toyota trucks too. He had an old FJ cruiser that he rebuilt. And, um, you know, I just showed him my truck and the work I'd done to it and stuff. And, and it came up in conversation that, you know, I used to work there at that store. I was a sales manager there not that long ago, 2016, I was a sales manager there and uh, we knew a lot of the same people. So, um, and he says, what are you doing now? I says, well, I'm a real estate agent. And I gave him my card and he says, how's that going? I said, well, it's, it's good. I like it. It's still, it's still new, but uh, I'm really enjoying it. And, and um, it's, uh, it's been a nice lifestyle change and, and, you know, I'm still early in the business and I'm, I'm working my way up, but i um, really glad I made the move. And anyways, um, I leave and uh, my phone rings a week later and he says, Hey, it's, it's Nick from Toyota. Um, remember me, the parts guy? I said, Oh yeah, yeah. Hey Nick, are my parts there? 
And he says, well, they are, but that's not why I called you. Um, the reason I called you is, is I won the Foothills Hospital uh, Lottery Dream Home. And um, oh, I'm like, oh, you won? What, what'd, you, what'd you win? He goes, no, I won the, the grand prize, Dream Home. And I said, oh, wow, good for you. Congratulations, man. And um, he says, yeah, I just, um, you know, I have your card here and remember that you're in real estate and I just wanted to, to talk to you about it and sort of look at my options. So this is like, I call this a um, career-defining moment, right? Because I knew that this, this could be a, a game changer, right? So I, I worked really hard on a, on a presentation. I, I phoned, because um, this is a, they call it, they call it a $2.4 million or $2.6 million grand prize show home. It's, you know, waterfront on, on the river down in Cranston Riverstone, 4,400 square foot, you know, pretty amazing house, right? And um, I phoned up, I looked at, at historical listings. I think I asked you for advice at this point. I asked you for advice a few steps along the way. And I called some of the agents that had sold those, um, those lottery homes before and just kind of asked them how it went. And, and uh, I had to work really hard on evaluation <clears throat> because it was a brand new community. So there wasn't, there wasn't comps to look at. And so I came up with a realistic valuation, a, a pretty compelling listing presentation and a marketing plan. And um, I had, I had your help with that. Uh, how do I market this thing? And, um, you know, I thought that was really neat just uh, while we pause here, because there's so many places to unpack Yeah, is uh, when, <laughs> when you're just in a natural personal conversation about passions with somebody that's new, just like you did across the parts counter, mm -hmm. you have no idea what's happening on the other side. You don't know them, but the yeah. reality is, um, just like the Ford method of conversation, when you're speaking, it naturally goes into what do you do, yeah. right? As long as you can hold that conversation, it's going to come back. And if you, if you initiate it, obviously, but it will come back your way because humans want to, you want that reciprocity, right? They'll want yeah. to ask you those things, especially if you come across genuinely like you did. Yeah. And then boom, the conversation goes and you left an impact that wasn't from a place of sales. It was a place of value and, and real intention yeah. to get to know this person. We connected, right? You know, we found common ground and we connected. And, and so I was the first person you thought of. So um, you also weren't scared to mention you're new. And this is a lot of things yeah. a lot of new agents do is they they feel like they have to pretend they're something they're not yet. But that humility yeah. that you share and you do today resonated with this general, per this person. Right? Yeah, that's and important because, you know, uh, I, I went to the school of fake it till you make it. And I still do a lot of that. But, um, <laughs> you know, to, to be vulnerable and authentic is really valuable too to, to connect with someone like that. Because um, when he, he, he told me later um after i'd sold the place and after we listed it I'll, I'll come back to this but he told me later that 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 was um you know he's he had the good fortune he won the lottery right, right. and i think there was a part of him that wanted to pay that forward a little bit that he he had such a blessing that you know i think um you know as long as i did it a good job i think it he felt good to to sort of pay that blessing forward and, and help someone else that can make a difference. And I said that to him as well. So I, I put together this presentation and I met him at a Starbucks. We had a coffee and, and, um, and a stack of papers and comparables and, and um, market data and, and all this stuff. And I told him what I thought it was worth. And I told him how I would market it. 
and I was going to blow my brains out to market this thing. I was going to, you know, a, a big event, um, door knocking, um, um, you know, the big community. This is this is your trademark, the the mega open house thing. Timing didn't turn out too good for that. With you know, that's right. Yeah, COVID got in the way. Yeah, yeah um, a, a, a custom uh, film, which you know we, we did a film that I'm really proud of with with uh, with Ian, our our uh, marketing our um, tech guy, and um, you know glossy brochures. The whole the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. I spent a ton of money on this thing too, but I th this was an investment, right? Um, anyways, he liked everything I had to say. Um, and we stayed in touch and a week later he said, well, <clears throat> so his situation was he was, he was renting a place and um, he had a, a partner and a daughter with her and his daughter was six. And he came back to me and said, you know what? <clears throat> I, I really like all your plans. I'll, I'll use you in the future. But um, I've decided I want to live in this house and I want my little girl to spend Christmas in this house. I'm going to bring all my family in. Uh, he's from he's from uh, Vancouver Island. I'm going to bring all my family in to spend Christmas here. And I want to spend a summer here on the river. And then I'll think about selling. <clears throat> so this comes back to this long game thing. Because I, that I didn't, I wasn't going to let myself be defeated by that. It would have been nice to just put that thing on the market. But in the end, it turned out better anyway. So I stayed in touch with him. I sent him um, market reports every month about the community, uh, what properties are doing in that area. I stopped by the dealership and kept buying parts from him. <clears throat> um, I got him to follow me on, on social media and I could see that he's watching my story. So, you know, I didn't put a huge amount of effort into, into um, you know, following up, but we I just, I maintained just enough of a, of a connection. And then he calls me um, that following summer in July. Um, so this, this is now, I guess, July of 2020. And we're experiencing this crazy market where it rebounded from the initial yeah. lockdown and had a really busy summer. And when did he tell you, hey, pause, pause, Taylor? This was great, mm -hmm. but uh, I'll talk to you later. When was that? <clears throat> that was like October 2019. That was just right. after he won the lottery. He moved in that December. Yeah. And he was living there. So um, I love that you didn't panic and you just naturally kept the conversations flowing the top yeah. line awareness and you're a cool cat anyways but you just continued to do that yeah because a lot of agents would freak and be like i've lost my chance right mm -hmm. i've lost my chance it's not happening they're gonna go pick the biggest guy in town right but uh at that point i already felt like i'd won the listing oh yeah and that was the thing i was gonna say too um you know going back to the humility thing and a bit of vulnerability and, and being authentic is when i met with them i said look there's some big shots that'll show up um They'll show up at your house in a seven series and they'll tell you how many million dollar houses they've listed. And um, I said, you know, um, there's going to be a lot of competition to earn your business. And he, he was already, everybody at work was saying, oh, my wife is a realtor. My cousin's a realtor. Everybody on this listed, obviously, right? And he was getting mobbed. But I told him, I said, you know, these guys have been in the business a long time. They're good. But look, I said, um, and I had the rapport with him to, to, to be this way with them. But I said, like, for me to list this house, I'm going to work way harder than anybody else because it's such a good opportunity for me. Um, I'll, I'll work 10 times harder than any of those guys. I'll invest a lot of my own money into it. I'm, and, um, and I said, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a career changer for me. Like if, if, if you would, uh, if you would work with me on this thing, um, it would be a, a game changer for me and my family. So um, that, 
you know, I wouldn't say that to just anyone, but uh, this is a guy that has a little girl and, um, you know, that resonated with him. So coming back to my timeline, um, so it's July, he calls me and he says, uh, I said, hey, are you ready to sell that mansion yet? He goes, not quite yet, but, you know, my partner and I are splitting up. Um, I said, oh, sorry to hear that. He goes, it's okay, it's for the better. It's been a long time coming. And he says, she's my child's mother. We still get along good. And I want to buy her house. So can you help me find a house for her? And I want to be in the Southeast close by. So we went out and uh, we looked at seven or eight houses in uh, like New Brighton and, and um, Presswick and, and Mackenzie Town. And I found them this absolute cherry of a detached house in Presswick. And it was the cleanest house I've ever seen. This like OCD uh, engineer owned it and he had notes on everything. And he had, he had maintained this house obsessively. He had little chains connecting the, the cabinet doors to the cabinet so they wouldn't bump into the wall if they were overextended. Like it, it was, um, it was like, you ever seen a, um, as good as it gets? It was like Melvin Udall owned a house, like Jack Nicholson's character. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We got a great deal on it. I negotiated a good price for them. Um, They're super happy with that. It was like a 15 year old house that looked better than brand new. It was funny that the inspector couldn't find anything to put on his report, literally. It was a blank <laughs> home inspection. <laughs> Right. Really good I remember experience. you going through that actually. I remember yeah. that scenario. So there's there's the first deal to come out of this relationship, and that was about a four hundred thousand um, dollar house. So you know, a pretty decent um, commission on that. And then you know, we started talking a little more frequently about you know what kind of timing might work to, to right. sell that house. And and I suggested to him, I said, you know, if we can get it on the market for like September, you know, and catch that busy fall market. And get it sold before things really really slow down in December. I think I can I can get you the best result. And um, we put the house on the market. Um, I think October by the time I got out there, and I did the full package. I hired a I hired a classic violinist to come play, and I, I contacted a local bakery to make to make um, cupcakes and uh, or little jar cakes. And um, I bought a case of champagne from or Prosecco from from Costco and um, I got my, my wife to come be a hostess and uh, uh, Darren Gall who's, who's a business partner now showed up to um, uh, to help host this uh, sort of mega open house and a printed glossy um, and this 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 is Darren this is this is uh, all year you drove this because because I, I, once I had this listing I went I went to I went to you and I'm like okay how do I get the, the, as much mileage out of this as possible? Because I could just sell this thing and be one and done and, and go back to, you know, kind of grinding out a, a living. Um, but but I, I recognized as a career defining moment, like a, a real game changing kind of moment. Yeah, the, I mean, the summary of it was basically, it was like, do you want to go all in or do you want to just like transact this thing, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and a lot of people would say, well, I want to do more, but they won't mm -hmm. take, they won't have the like, the to go after it and to spend yeah. the money not knowing what the heck could come because they're like wow a couple thousand yeah. off my commission is a lot more than most agents will spend on a listing right i, I pushed all my chips on the table everything yeah like i put through everything i had at this thing um, like i said you can't knock enough doors i said yeah. <laughs> you know you have you have this uh, and, I, and i wrote this down actually for a podcast i was doing for some friends out in the east coast and i said i mean 
the proof of success starts with the fact that they picked you mm -hmm. to list it, not when it's sold. That's, that's another one. But you had the proof of success in your hands day one that said, somebody thinks I'm the one to list this mega mansion. Mm -hmm. That's proof of success enough. And I said, just go, go and toot that horn because you deserve it. You honestly deserve that. Be the one to message this in and around wherever you wanted to. And I'm, I'm loving how much you took that and just ran because yeah. it's, it's something that a lot of people just ignore and they, they miss opportunities like you just took and, and built upon. But yeah, carry yeah, on. Like, you know, that's a statement. It's, it's credibility. It's like this, this guy is, is a, a legit uh, player in, in, this end of the, <clears throat> in this end of the market, right? So I knocked on, I should have done more, but I knocked on hundred doors. I went to the nicest houses in that community and I, I printed off a, a glossy flyer. This isn't, this isn't the one, but something like this. And I met all these people in the community. And I said, Hey, um, you know, that lottery house, I've got it listed. We're going to have an event. I'm going to have champagne. I'm going to have a musician. I'm going to have some treats, um, you know, come by and, and check it out. I'd love for you to see it. And um, well, not many people came. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was COVID and everything. It was complicated. I think any other year I would have had a great turnout. But it was, it was cold, it was COVID, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a it was a letdown, but um it wasn't so much about the event itself, but that um the, the statement I made with that and to go around to that all those all those you know successful wealthy um homeowners and it's kind of a statement like this is what I'd be willing to do to sell your home. I'm not saying that, but I'm showing them. And, and, and this is the kind of effort that I put in for my clients. And, and, and here's, here's the Prosecco and, and, the, and the live music and the treats. And, and um, so I was really proud of that. Even though nobody came, I was really proud of that. And it, and it had a good effect. So um, the house took a little while. Um, and we eventually got it sold. And I, I double-ended that deal. I got a call from someone who lived in the community that had their eye on it and um, had just sold out of their very successful construction business. And had a ton of money and was decided they wanted to you know treat their family and, and move up into this luxury home so it could have gone more smooth ahead and I, this is another point where i called you darren and i'm like okay what do i do here because you know i want to do this by the book i want to do this right um and um you walked me through the process of how i could do this really cleanly and and create a win for both parties because you know okay. it, it doesn't always go that smoothly on the double end it's it's tricky. Well, I mean, it's not tricky. It's impossible to represent two, two parties competing interests, but we had a, this went really well. It was, it was collaborative and um, it, it was truly a win-win and, and uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the buyer and the seller got along great and I was able to, we were able to agree on a price and it was a super smooth. So, so. And I love how that goes again, it comes back to that ability to be transparent, open, honest and that's when double ends and, and not in all not all states can do it not all provinces are allowed to do it anymore right mm -hmm. whoever who's listening to this but in our situation we have some version of that um but when people are open with each other full disclosure has happened and it's done right it it, it is a fantastic scenario for both yeah. sides so again i love that the fact that again you built that trust in these folks to be able to pull that off because you were being you, right? And you were being completely authentic to yeah. go down that path. Well, the other component of that, and, and you had said this to me as well, is that 
um, in that double end scenario, acting as the buyer's agent, I actually had a chance to sell that property because any other showing, we had other showings, somebody goes in with their buyer's agent into an empty house, walks around, looks at stuff and leaves. But I had the opportunity to, I spent an hour with these folks in this house and I showed them everything. I knew that house really, really well. I've been in there a lot of times. I hosted open houses. I paid a lot of visits to that house. And um, so I got to really present my product. And that's what I, that's something I'm good at from all those years selling cars, like a feature benefit presentation. And, and they just loved it. And it was perfect for them. It was actually, I mean, it could have been custom built for their family. Just, they had one boy, one girl. It had a boy's bedroom and a girl's bedroom. They, like it was, they had a dog. Uh, they had a dog wash. Like it was, it, it was kind of um, um, serendipitous, you know. And yeah, I mean, the other layer to that too, man, is by going all in the way you did, presenting yourself across this gamut of marketing and effort, you are painting this picture that they're like, I'm good going directly to that guy. I'm yeah. good to call him now before I even know him because, right? And that's such, an, such a thing that people forget about when you go all in, when you all in the listing, how valuable. And that's only, got, and like we talked about it today in the brokerage meeting, right? It's even become more valuable as COVID mm. continues and people just want to go right to the source. Yeah, totally. So that client, the buyer, um, I'm actually meeting them today to look at some investment properties. They want to, put the stack of cash they've got into real estate. So that's going to be a really valuable client for me. Um, they also still have their original house in the same community that they've been renovating. That's going to be ready to list soon. That's um, another one. I know $900,000 house. Um, and then the seller. So recall he, he bought a house for his, his uh, child's mom. He bought himself another house. He got a nice uh, $775,000 house in, in Quarry Park. Um, he just gave me a referral, some friends of his that want to sell their condo that's going on the market soon. And now just last week, he's told me he'd like to get some revenue properties as well. Um, so just from there, I mean, two, two ends on the, uh, that initial listing, um, and that, two more purchases. Um, and then, you know, probably at two more listings plus probably another four or five purchases just to come from that one deal. And there's more. So in that door knocking, <clears throat> I went out for a second round of door knocking after I sold it. So I had these made up and um, I went back to a lot of those same homes. And, but on that initial door knocking expedition, there was one house that invited us in uh, just around the corner. And um, I worked with this guy because that, that was initially after that, the first door knocking was right after I listed. That was still in October, 2019. So right. this guy said, yeah, I'm thinking of selling. Um, he's a Hindu guy. He's a, uh, an accountant. And um, he, he custom built this big six bedroom house because his parents were going to come live with him. And they're, you know, just a very traditional, you know, East Indian, like multi-generational sort of living arrangement. And things changed and his parents decided to stay in India. And it was just him and his two daughters and his wife in this enormous house. Um, right. So we started to talk about selling that. Now, I went back and forth with that guy. And again, this is, goes back to that playing the long game thing here. I went back and forth with that guy, Mr. Shaw, really great guy. Um, so that was October when I first, when he first invited me into his home. And now um, I just sold his house last month and I double ended that too. 
And, and now the buyer for that, um, he just, he's a physician. He just relocated here from the East Coast. And he's got a whole bunch of colleagues back East that want to relocate to Calgary as well. He's going to recommend me to them. So I'm getting this exponential growth and an exponential growth in, in luxury real estate that pays really well. It's a total game changer. So um, doubling that one, the house next door, um, I listed that as well. That's a $1.6 million. And this, I went to you on this one as well because it was so hard to value and they'd invested a ton of money in this house and it's so hard to put a number on it. The, the CMAs came out really low. And actually, they, they invited me in for a, a listing presentation and I was up against four or five other agents. And um, I used a tip that you gave me and this is what won me that listing. And I, because the house is very unique, it was custom built. This is not Mr. Shaw, you know, this is his next door. Neighbor. Yeah, this is the other one, I Mr. know. Mrs. Jackson. And um, they built this humongous house. They have, they, they're a blended family. They're both divorced and married each other, brought their families together and they had five teenagers. So they built this custom house with six bedrooms and seven bathrooms and every bedroom has an ensuite. And um, you know, this 3,800 square foot house on a third of an acre lot by the river. Um, and they spent a lot of money on it. And they're gonna take a bit of a hit selling it. They had, hadn't intended to sell it this soon, but um, uh, they invited me into their home and, and part of, I made a really pretty convincing listing presentation, but the, the part of it that won me the sale, the, the listing was that uh, I committed to being present for all the viewings on it. And the viewings came in and, and it trickled, you know, it's been on the market um, just over two months now. And it's kind of like one a week. It's, it's a community where there's not a lot, of, a lot of volume and it's brand new, not a lot of people know about it, but it's like this kind of hidden luxury community in the South of Calgary on, on the river. And um, at any rate, um, that is what sold them out because the, he's a salesman, the, the, the homeowner. He's in the car business. So we got along great. He's a sales manager at, at Mercedes-Benz. And um, so we spoke the same language, right? And we knew a lot of the same people, but what won it um, was I said, I'll be here for every showing because I said, this house is one of a kind. You need a salesman here to, to present it because somebody just walking in cold to this house is not gonna appreciate, because he, he was very proud of it. I let him sell it to me. That's part of the, my listing presentation. Let, like sell me your house, right? And yep. um, you know, he, he took the time to show me all the, custom upgrades and all the really attention to detail uh, that he put into this build and, and how much he spent on everything and the coating on his garage floor and the drains and the, and the 16 sinks in the house and the ceiling and, and, uh, and, the, and the expanded deck and, and yeah, it, it went on and on. But I, you know, I filed all that stuff away and I only showed that house four or five times <clears throat> in the last one, last weekend, made an offer, almost full price we got for it. And today, you know, Knock on wood is the is the inspection, and that deal should firm up this week. But um, so that's another one, and that and they called me from the door knocking as well, and, and they actually were speaking with their neighbor, Mr. Shaw, who I was in the process of listing. I actually got their house on the market before his because he just, um, you know. I remember that the timing when set was sensitive, and we were walking yeah. through that. But I mean that again, that conversation about again, do you want to just go all in? Or do you want to just let these opportunities pass you by? And yeah. I mean, in this series of events that have happened, you, you might feel, oh, people are like, oh, it's lucky. It's it's not this shape, this tree like this mm -hmm. is available to be shaken on every single, every sale yeah. that happens, right? It may not be always luxury, but the reality of what you're doing to shake the tree it's the minds of every homeowner on the street as things transact and there's a natural turnover within a street 
And it is your job as a realtor to take those opportunities forward. But even the limited amount of time you went on the streets, which I said, I think you could go more. I think you could go farther. I think you could do more streets. Yeah. You can see how it can compound. And, 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 and Taylor, your, I mean, your story is amazing because of, again, just fairly new to the business, right? Um, new to the price point, new to the location, right? Mm-hmm. And new to all of these strategies. And you just, you just executed on it. But then once you started going through this process, it wasn't rocket science. It was just step by step by yeah. step. And you just continued to take them, right? Rather than stop it move on and go back to, you know, your other transaction. Yeah. And, and, and again, that, that, that long game thing too, where, you know, that first listing, I mean, that took a year to get that on the market from, from that first conversation to actually, you know, pounding a sign into the ground. That was a year. Yeah. And then, and then the next one, Mr. Shaw, um, that was almost, well, I mean, that was over a year, right? Um, yep. well, no, not quite. No, not quite. Six, six months at least. Um, but yeah, and, um, I, I could have just left it at the one and call it a lucky break and sell this $2 million house that I got at the beginning. But, um, you know, I, I recognized that this was a, you know, like a, what I call a career defining moment and a, and a real, a, a real game changer. And I, I just decided like, I was going to, I was going to work this as hard as I could and get some mileage out of it. And, and you were really helpful in that too, because uh, every step of the way, it was like, okay, Darren, like, because <laughs> I, I was prepared to go all in. I knew that, but I didn't know what going all in looked like. So right. like, what can I, you know, well, do this and this and this and this and this, because you, you've done it. I mean, you, you've, you've, you've farmed Springbank and the slopes and all those areas. And now here, um, I've, <laughs> I've put myself in a position where I've kind of farmed Cranston and Cranston Riverstone which couldn't be further from my house. Like I live in Airdrie, it's 58 kilometers. I put a lot of miles going back and forth down to Cranston, but I've come to know the area so well and, and know the people there and, and know the product there. And I love it. Um, so, you know, do you, I like find that, do you find that you've done, you spent that time, you've had these conversations, you've sold some of these, the confidence that you oh, have yeah. now like I, it's probably fair to say that there's like, there's nobody in the city that will know this area like you. Right. That's a fact. And I can I can say that with hundred percent confidence. And and there are there are some really big shacks down there in Riverstone. There are three four million dollar custom builds backing the river. I can knock on that person's door and 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 look that um you know that successful business owner or company president or whatever in the eye and say, look, I know this area better than anybody. And in fact, and, and I got the receipts. I've got the top three right. resale deals in this area by far. I've got I've got a a 2 million, a 1.6 million and a 1.3 million. Nobody else can say that. So, you know, I don't have to fake it till I make it anymore. I made it. I can, I can, I can say that and, and believe what I'm saying because it's true. And how fast, I mean, when you look at your career, you'll be like, that all happened in a year and a half. Not, yeah. you know what I mean? But when you're doing it, it feels like, oh my God, it was a year before I could turn the parts counter conversation to the fact that I actually yeah. helped to represent the buyer on this one. But in the long game, you're like, that's such a short amount of time to have virtually flipped the script on your, your financial health personally, but also just your, your, your confidence and knowledge in this neighborhood, yeah. um, which is, uh, which is uh, such, such a thing that I wanted to have you on here for is, yeah, to, to show the success, but the nuggets that you shared today and all the steps that you took 
can be taken by anybody. And then they can be turned around by anybody in such a short order, whatever price point, whatever location, um, should you be willing to do the work like Taylor has? Absolutely. That's so cool. So, I mean, what's next for you? Is, is Cranston going to be continued and you're going to continue to farm it and go and continue this evolution? I don't have a choice. Uh, um, now, I, I, you know, I feel like I've got some credibility now as a, as a luxury agent. And so I, you know, um, I want to push more into that end of the market. Um, but I mean, I've got a couple more listings coming up in Cranston and, you know, like the, for example, the buyer to that, uh, to that lottery home, I'm meeting them today. They've got this incredible house that they renovated, uh, that they were going to live in forever that, you know, I told them, I think is worth 900 K. I should have that on the market this summer. I should have a condo down there on the market this summer. And I've got, um, I've got an idea. It's too good to share it with you right now. Yes. <laughs> for, for, a, for a branding campaign that I want to put together um, because this community, Riverstone specifically, it's, uh, you know, for, for those listening to this that aren't part of Calgary, there's Cranston, which is like a deep South kind of suburban um, typical suburb communities. Yeah, very conventional suburb. Lots yeah. of lots of you know cookie cutter front drive, five six hundred thousand dollar houses. Nice, but pretty ordinary. But then you go down the hill into the river valley under the floodplain, and it's Cranston's Riverstone. And the developers, I think, failed uh, when they when they created that community to, to market it. They should just call it Riverstone because when you see Cranston, people think of you know suburbia with 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 uh, hundreds of cookie cutter front drive homes. Whereas you go down the hill into this Riverstone area. And it's right. spectacular. Every house backs onto a park or path or the river. There are no strip malls. There's no commercial. There's no multifamily. It's just this whole section of estate homes. And uh, you're just surrounded by nature and, and birds chirping and, um, you know, Fish Creek Park right there. So what I want to do is, is I want to go up to like a sort of like a 10,000 foot view. And, and I want to do what, what the developer failed to do. And I want to market that community. Right. And I've got an idea for a campaign that I'm, that I'm putting the finishing touches on um, to tell people, because I think people just don't know about it. Um, you know, people that shop in, in the traditional sort of, you know, high-end areas, um, you know, like your West Springs and, and, and Spring Bank and, and Aspen Woods and that sort of thing. I think a lot of those buyers, if they even knew this place would exist, they would give it a serious look, but I'm never, no one's ever heard of it. So I want to actually market the community and I want to provide a service to that entire community. And then I can go knock on doors again there and I can show them this video that I made. And I can say, Here, here's what I'm doing to try to increase property values um, in, in your community. And you know, I'm not gonna ask them for anything. I'm not gonna ask them if they wanna sell their home or whatever, but I'm gonna start a conversation. And yep. um, those people, when they're, when they're ready to sell, who else, who else could they possibly choose? But, but the guy that, that made an effort you know, for no direct, uh, return on investment and no immediate commission that, that will go in there and, and actually try to in, improve the, the image of their entire community. So that's that, you know, you talk about going on and that's, that's my next move. I want to, I want to just own yeah, that. Man, I think the, the, the biggest thing is when people get on a roll, when they see a bit of this, like the family trees growing from that one seed and mm -hmm. it growed to another one and you're regrowing some new seeds and it's continuing to plant I mean, you, you owe it to yourself like you are doing to just keep growing, keep pushing, keep that momentum. I'm a personal example of how that worked as well, where I, I think at my highest peak, I got near 70% market share in my one farm community. 
Yeah. But it was just relentless. It wasn't anything sexy. It was just like you're doing. When this happens, I do this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. And then when this happens again, I don't stop. I just do that all over again. And you just keep spawning, right? And all of a sudden you can take over fast. Um, and, I, and I just, I love that you're doing it. And it's a twist on some traditional stuff. It's online. It's organic social. It's paid social. It's a mix of traditional and it's on the doorstep, right? It's a blend of it all. Yeah. Um, where a lot of agents think it's just got to be this one, you know, piece of tech or this one little easy button, you know, it's certainly not right. Mm -hmm. But, but none of the strategies are rocket science either. Um, I love it, man. You know, the other thing with suburbia too, is when people build these communities, and this is probably a myth a lot of people don't realize is some of the, what's the newest, like, what's the average uh, year built on those uh, estate homes that you sold? Um, those are all built like 2014 through 2018. Yeah. So here we are, like basically new homes, mm -hmm. custom built to these buyers standards that they said they were going to be their forever home. Right. Mm -hmm. That was literally just said by all of these people. Yet life has changed by on three of them already. So it, a lot of people stay away from the newer ones because they think, ah, oh, well, they're going to be there for a while. Yeah. But as you know, life changes so fast for so many um, that you're missing that opportunity to be in one of the first people to start to care because mm -hmm. what you're, you're, you're proof that how fast things change, especially even for the guys that have invested way more than they ever should have in their properties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that goes back to that long game thing too, where, you know, if I can put that effort in, I'd be ha just as happy to get a call from one of those homeowners five years from now. And, and that call with it, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but we spoke, you made this video and I, well, it's time to sell my house. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, I love getting that call too. And, and I need to sell houses in five years, just as much as I need to this year. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Well, man, we've been chatting for almost an hour on this and uh, I don't know, it's, it's uh, gone by so fast. I, I believe people are going to love this journey. They're going to have picked up so many, you know, chances to say, this is they'll be thinking about those chances that they had that they left behind. And then hopefully now you're a personal reminder to all of the opportunities that come and, and, and that they don't let them slip by. Um, and I know it's something I preach a lot in all of our internal stuff, but man, I am so proud to have seen the journey and the transition. And then I'm also so excited to see what you'll do both in the luxury space, because now you feel so confident there and you are the right guy for it, as well as just compounding upon this incredible family tree of stuff that you've created. Um, anything as we leave that you'd want to leave the, the listeners with, buddy? Well, um, <clears throat> I guess, you know, if, if, you're, that, if you're that new agent and, and you're struggling and you're eating, <clears throat> you're eating ramen noodles and, and you're driving Uber at night, um, you know, it just takes one, one good break. And if, and if you can, you know, um, if you can, if you can see far enough in the future that that one break is actually <clears throat> a, a fork in the road and you can, you can take your career in a different direction. I, I hope this, this helps. And also, you know, I'll throw out a, a plug for, for our office because, um, you know, you were instrumental, Darren, in, in helping me, uh, giving me like the mentorship and the guidance to know, okay, what do I do now? And, and how can I make this work? And, um, that's been super valuable. And, and I know that not everybody has that within their, um, within their brokerage and that, you know, that I, I haven't never worked anywhere else, but Redline, but I was a sales manager and I managed sales teams for a long time. So 
um, I, I really like that, that your sort of core, um, core value or, or your, you know, the, the foundation of the business model for Redline is, is one of empowerment and, um, you know, giving, giving agents the, the resources that they need to, so that they can take those opportunities and run with them. So, you know, I, as a, as a, I'm pretty proud of what I've done, but I, I'm also not afraid to say that I, um, you know, I had a lot of help. So, uh, you know, I appreciate all the help that, uh, that you've given me along the way. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a pleasure. It's uh, it's awesome to see, and I appreciate the the shout outs. And yeah, we've got a pretty cool thing going, and you're a major part of it, my friend. Thank you. So yeah, so for everybody listening, thanks again for tuning in to another Re-Education Experience podcast. This was Taylor King. Uh, find him on social media. It's just is it at Taylor King Real Estate or yeah, Taylor, Taylor King Real Estate on on uh, Instagram and and uh, on Facebook as well. And your your most of your 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 default is Insta. Is that right? Is that where you spend yeah, most of your time? Yeah, I, I live on Instagram. That's I post every day. And um, if you want to, you know, I share a lot of my personal life in there and in my stories and stuff. So you know, um, I, I wanted that's deliberate too. I want people that follow me to feel like they know me because that that familiarity you know creates trust. So you know, that's um, if if you look at uh, my feed, it's it's very authentic. It's it's me. And it's, it's me and my kids and my pets and, and, uh, and my life. So yeah, I appreciate you checking it's me out. It's exactly as it should be. Yeah. Well, that's been another episode. Thanks for tuning in, giving us an hour of your time. Uh, go back and listen again, because there was many things that uh, you should be picking up on Taylor's journey. And uh, well, I look forward to chatting with you all next time.